Welcome to episode 371 of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the book, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. If you are listening to this on your favorite podcast channel and you'd rather be viewing it, well, this is a video interview. So if you want to make your way over to YouTube and type in We Don't Die Radio 371, you can see us live. Well, not live, but you'll see us in video. That's <laughs> what I meant to say. As a reminder, our home base is we don't die.com and you can find all things afterlife, including tons of podcast episodes. We've got weekly classes. We've got online medium demonstrations. And then we even do a free Sunday gathering, just a beautiful spiritual service online, complete with a medium demonstration. Today, we're going to welcome back our good friend, Marla Hughes, and she has written a children's book about the afterlife. Isn't that wonderful? Well, we are all children within, aren't we? I think we are. So it's really for all of us. It's called Love Magic. It's a wonderful way to send the message about the reality of the afterlife. Marla has worked with children her entire life in a number of different capacities. She's also host of Interviews with Innocence podcast and talks to experts in the fields of science and metaphysics who focus on children and spirituality. You can check out her website at interviewswithinnocence.com or on Facebook. You can just type in Interviews with Innocence. She's a great lady. If you like this show, you will most definitely like hers. Marla Hughes, welcome back to We Don't Die Radio. Oh, thank you so much, Sandra. It's just, it's an honor to be here. Oh, <laughs> you and I are birds of a feather. We yes, really are. And, we are. When oh. I started my podcast, for the listeners who don't know, I immediately reached out to Sandra. She had no idea who I was. And that always brings such warmth to my heart when you know people are really busy and you got back to me right away and it was about like what kind of microphone do I get <laughs> you were so helpful and encouraging and I'll never forget that thank you so much you are so welcome you know I learned long ago that our words matter yeah. and no matter what they are and what our story is there's somebody who wants to listen Yes. And to get over ourselves and our own fears. And so that's why for me, it's like, all I want to do is share. So I knew what your passion was. And if I could just help you in any way, why not? So, yeah. yeah. And so for today, I would love if you share a little bit about who you are, and what kind of what got you into your path, but then we can talk about your book. And I would love for you to hold up the book too, and show people what it's all about. Yes. I would love that. Well, I, um, I've worked with children, as you said, in my introduction in different capacities, I worked at the transplant unit at the University of California, San Francisco, working with adults and children who had had kidney and liver transplants. And my master's degree is in exercise physiology. So my, my job was to, you know, talk the, the children and adults about exercise and nutrition and, and, but mostly I just loved on them and told stories and do what I think I do best, which is, is loving children and trying to be, you know, playful and, and lighten, you know, lighten the mood a little bit, but just to be there for a hand to hold. So that was very, um, 
you know, very pivotal in my in my career. And I also worked for Jerry Jampolsky. I don't know if your listeners have heard of him, but he's um, you can Google him. And um, he had this little center called Center for Attitudinal Healing in Tiburon, California, a really small place. I just really wandered in there one day. And because I lived in Northern California then, and what they do is they help um, children who either have life-threatening diseases or they have a family member who has one, and they they help them express and understand their feelings and emotions through art and through music and other, other modalities. And I actually did a little film documentary for them, even though I'm not a documentary filmmaker, I did this little um, film for them and worked with them. So that was, that was really, you know, amazing too. I've always, I'm very childlike myself and I've always had such a passion, but then I became a mother and I became a mother late in life. I had Dean at 40 and my twins at 41 and um, we just had this beautiful, beautiful thing going, you know, in our family. It just was, I had like a little play group and it, it was just beautiful. We always had a little bit of a spiritual bent to the, to the family. Um, not necessarily my husband didn't know that. But he did. And the kids went to the Waldorf school and that's very um, into, you know, spiritual sorts of things and so on and so forth. So anyway, a little over four years ago, um, my 19-year-old Dean passed. It's still so hard to even say that. Uh, And it just, our world was just broken open. And and I just was lost. Raised Christian, no help at all. Husband Jewish, no, I was just, I was just lost. And I dove down the spiritual path as many of us, you did, so many of your guests, you know, did. And it was very clear to me right from the beginning that I really wanted to help children. And one of the reasons is because my girlfriend, who was very, very clairvoyant, um, came to me one day, this was just a few weeks after this tragedy had happened, and it was very fast. And she said, Dean came to me last night about three in the morning. That seems to be the time, right, for these right. things to happen. And in the meantime, I had never been to a medium. I'd never been to a psychic. I knew T was a little bit weird, but I didn't know exactly what she was all about. So this is all very new to me. And she said, I went out, um, you know, outside the bedroom and I just sat and I started writing down, you know, everything that he sent to me. And and would you like for me to read it to you? And so she did. And you can listen to my last interview to hear the little bits of that. But it was just all about how his learning on this earth was complete and that that I was to be a mother to the universe and to help bring those little mantras, those songs, that playfulness just like I did with my own kids into, into the world. And it, it just, it changed my life. And I thought about it a lot. And I talked to my 
My twins are a year younger than Dean, and they were so close, all of them. And one day I asked my daughter, I said, even though she's a little bit older, but I said, you think it would have been, everyone experiences grief. We all, we all know that we're human, you know, that's part of it. But I said, do you think it would have been a little bit easier if you would have been raised like knowing that life goes on and is eternal and you can connect. And this is after, of course, I had done some exploration of learning about all these things. And she said, yes, simple words. Yes, mom, I think so. And so I became really passionate about helping, helping the children of the world. And my podcast is not only about children. Well, it is, but it's also about the inner child, like you mentioned in the introduction to yes. because we are all children. And it's so important to reconnect with that. So many of your, your um, guests talk about that. And so that's, that's a big part of my passion to my mission to help us all remember to be to become more childlike. And in that manner, we can connect, we become more aware, we, we know, we remember. And um, so anyway, I was going to immediately write a book, I was very inspired by Wayne Dyer's book, Memories of Heaven, where he, I encouraged all of everybody to run out and get it. But it's stories from all over the world, um, from parents or caregivers who wrote in about what they're really young, two, three, four-year-old children have said. And it's all across the board. It's about um, past lives. It's about choosing parents. It's about just spiritual things. It's about um, having conversations with relatives in heaven that they had never met before, you know, after they, they came here to this earthly realm. And I really wanted to continue that work but my problem was I didn't have anybody, to, you know, none of my friends, my circle, I was trying to reach out my, my, my social media page isn't quite as big as Wayne Dyer. So I didn't right. really have that. So I thought, well, I'll start a podcast. So I started a podcast, which you, which, you know, and you're very helpful. And I was very, um, I think one of the things that happened to me, or I know one of the things is that I almost immediately met personally with Raymond Moody and we became very good friends and he really opened the door to a lot of, you know, the same people you've had on your show. And it's not like you have to have famous or important people, but there's, for me, just getting started, there's a credibility to that and well credibility comes from all of our guests don't doesn't it Mm -hmm. but but to have that and to have that um beginning was really was really great for me um so so I started my podcast and the podcast was so helpful my healing and comfort and not only did I start a podcast I did exactly what you did I went to Europe. I studied mediumship. I went to physical mediumship. I went to Banyan Ranch because of you. Thank you. I wanted to go over Christmas with you, but I couldn't. And um, past lives, just, just, just everything. 
And I kept going back, going back to, you know, to the children. And so I started this podcast and I get downloaded a lot when I do yoga. I'm like a total yogi and I like hot yoga and I do it every day for my just matter of fact, I, my hair probably probably can tell. I, just, <laughs> <laughs> um, I get downloaded a lot, and it was like you know, it's t- it's time to write a book. It's time to start sharing this with the children of the world, even though I secretly say it's an adult book because it totally is. And so the book I wrote is called Love Magic. And it's a very personal book because the little girl in it has crazy blonde hair, just like my daughter did when she was young. And it has my puppy in it and it has um, Pop Pop in it, which is my father-in-law. Oh, sweet. And it's about signs and synchronicities and, and remembering and just being present and being out in nature and the importance of doing these things ourselves as mentors, as our children are watching us, but also to bring that into their lives. So when a loved one passes, just like my daughter said that, yes, they're sad, but, but to know that they're still here and not only that they can connect with them, but they're shown how to, even though the young ones really already know, but it's all about being present and taking the time to do those sorts of things. So I'm now working on my second book and yeah, so that's, that's in a nutshell, that's how I got started. Oh, let's talk about love magic a little, because I would love nothing more than for people to give it as gifts for the inner child and for children, children. Could you just tell a little bit of the story and what love magic is? Because I read it again this morning and it just gave me that feeling of goosebumps, that feeling of almost like I know this, but why don't I remember this kind of a thing? Right. Right. I'm so glad it, it, it helped you feel that way. Well, love magic is a six year old, about a six year old little girl named Charlie. And her pop-pop, her beloved pop-pop, who she was so close to, her grandfather, has gone to heaven. You can use whatever word you would like in heaven, um, the light, the divine, whatever works within your family. And she's just feeling really sad, you know, just really sad and not and not knowing what to do with those feelings. And her amazing grandma, who is very tuned in to the afterlife and the spiritual world. Not that someone needs to be to understand this story, but um, asked her one day, you know, how, um, how are you, Charlie? And she said, she's kind of sad in her heart because she's missing, missing pop-up so much. So it's a, I'm going to call it a magical tale because I think it is a magical tale. And what's interweaved in here is that Pop-Pop and Charlie, when he was in this earthly realm, they loved bubbles. And bubbles, they loved bubble baths, They loved, or she loved bubble baths. They loved putting Cosmo, the puppy that's in the book, um, which we Cosmo is our real puppy. Um, one black leg, one white leg. Um, putting Cosmo in the bubbles. Um but especially taking those little wands and blowing bubbles to one another and telepathically, secretly saying the message that is inside that bubble. 
like you are my hero and blowing it to pop pop and then pop pop would guess what that what the message was and then they would you know she would tell him and they would giggle to do this you know little thing back and forth so the book is um about bubbles too and how we can send bubble messages up to you know up to heaven where our loved ones are and they send them right back to us but we just have to be quiet in order to listen to them and we can laugh with them and cry with them and ask them questions and just know that they are always there so the book um is about also signs and synchronicities you know little things that grandma reminds charlie that pop-up loved to dance Pop-Pop loved to make waffles with strawberries and tons of whipped cream on top. And they loved to go out in the rain because it was magical and Mother Earth was just blossoming. And that was something they loved to do together. And he loved big band music. So the story goes as she helps her to just be quiet and lay under the clouds and remember and feel. And she does. The, the, the um what what would you call it? I guess the main message in the story or the message in the story is the most important things are in life are not seen with the eyes, but felt with is are felt with the heart. And that's what Pop Up always told Carly. Charlie. Carly's my daughter's name, Charlie. <laughs> and yeah, and so she wants to believe so badly but she's just not sure what grandma is exactly, you know, she's just not sure of this already a little skeptic six-year-old. But then she tells her about signs and that how much they talked about how much pop pop loved hummingbirds. And so one day she and Cosmo are out and what do they see? And the story um, gently ends that Charlie knows in her heart that pop ups there and will will always be there for her. So that's, that's what the story's about. It's so sweet. And it really warmed my heart. And also there's a part in it about remembering our loved ones, remembering the things we did together and the joy and the emotion. Can you talk about that? Because I was just thinking, um, actually I was thinking about it yesterday, how easy it is when someone passes to I don't want to say forget about them because I know we grieve, but we forget about all those little things and the happy times and, and those things we did together. And so to keep them alive through those memories and also a way to connect with them. Yes. So it, so in the book, um, those are the things that um, a few of the things that they did love to do together. They, Love. There's a picture of Car- Charlie remembering when Pop Pop was twirling her around with her little ballet shoes, and they're actually out in the rain, and her hair's going everywhere. And she's just sitting. I think she's sitting on Grandma's lap when she's thinking about that. And she closes her eyes, and she just says, "I can feel him, Grandma. I can feel it twirling. I can feel him patting on my head. He's here." And and so, you know, there are a lot of little, little things about that. Once again, about making the waffles and the strawberries and she can, she closes her eyes and she can smell the waffles and taste the, the strawberries. And that's so important. 
important for all of us, right? I, I mean, for from my journey and my family's journey, it is easy to not not really talk about it. But I have found that when I sit down, when we sit down, have a little dinner and and we're talking about Dino and we talk about some of the funny thing he says, or the other day I asked him, so what do you miss most about Dean? You know, and don't make it scary. Just make it, it's not scary. He's right. He's probably laughing going, oh, great. <laughs> you see what they say about this. And all of a sudden, Sandra, like, it's just like everybody's giggling and laughing and, you know, maybe for a minute tears in their eyes, like he showed me the way, I mean, he was an older brother and told me about things and it brings, it brings them, even though they're right here in our own hearts, we feel it and we know it. And so Things like that are so important to share with your other loved ones and and be the one that brings them up and talks about them. And it takes, you know, it takes forever. It takes forever because we're always going to miss them on this earthly realm. But I believe, I have my little list of what ifs as we go on in the interview. I believe that if, If parents taught children, I'll just read one, from the day they were born about the truth of the afterlife, that death, I don't like the word death, but death is not the end. Our souls live on forever. That's when like the paradigm shifts that they know, you know, you think about a child losing a pet just to make it a little bit more, a little easier. And what if a child sad as they may be trusted knew that their pet was going to another world, another dimension. That's really what my next book is about, where they would, there would only be love, peace, acceptance, and all of them would absolutely be reunited with the pet when the time came. And this needs to be interweaved into our children's lives. And if someone's very religious, you don't have to change your religion. I mean, just to be able to interweave. Can I just tell a little story about a friend of mine that, okay. Anything. So it's your time. Yeah. The other day I was, I was chatting with my girlfriend who actually helped me with the book and um, I won't mention any religions, but for some reason, religion came up and she said when she was in second grade, she had to go to a place, I guess, where, you know, where they worshiped or and had to talk about all the things she had done wrong, even to the point where she was in second grade. Even if she couldn't think of something, she'd make something up because that's what she was supposed to do. And she looked at me and she said, I've always felt since I was a young child that I wasn't enough, that I was always doing things that were wrong, that I was. And that was such, it's, it's funny how these little things in life just pivot you. I couldn't, I thought about it day after day. And, you know, imagining this little Charlie, this little girl going through that. And so, so we need to do more for our children, you know, through rituals, through ceremonies. And it all starts with us because they watch every single little thing that we do and not all it begins with us healing our inner child and remembering 
And so that's one of my next projects too. I want to begin doing these little, um, maybe, oh, online, I guess, series or something. I, I don't know what I would call it, but where people are given activities and things that they can do with their children, you know, once every few days or whatever. I mean, I know when I was raising kids and even now, if I would have had that and it forces us to take the time, take a deep breath, light a candle, say a prayer, you know, and maybe one is just giggling about, you know, whatever it might be. And you don't have to necessarily have had to lose someone who's really close to the child, but it could be about someone they haven't met, but it's very close to the caregiver, you know, so it's all working together. It's about us. It's about them. It's about love. And I truly, truly believe it would change, you know, change humanity. Those formative years when we're little are so vital. And I think each one of us big kids has some story that we believe about ourselves that we picked up when we were little. And it's usually I'm not good enough. I don't matter. I'm not smart enough. You know, all of those kind of things. And I remember taking a course and there was a gentleman there who had PhD, doctorate after doctorate, studied all kinds of things. And he was in his 70s. And deep within, he still didn't feel smart enough. And he was able to go back in his mind to when he was a kid and some stupid teacher made some comment that really made him feel that way. So, you know, he's chasing it a dream that, you know, there, there's no light at the end of the tunnel for this one right. and constantly feeling disappointed. Whereas he is so smart and knows has gone to more school than any person I've ever met in my life, but it still wasn't enough. So what if those early years, I'm sure we're all going to still pick up things as kids because that's what they do. But what if love magic is around and kids know that there's such a bigger picture that pop pop and Grammy and all of them live on with the dogs and, but that their life is for a purpose. Wow. I so agree. And yes, that's happened to all of us. And, and, you know, I don't want to give people the idea. This is all Pollyanna, you know, and, and part of this is teaching children that, which they already know and reminding ourselves, but everyone suffers. I mean, that's part of learning on this earth. So it's sort of like you and I had to wait until we were a little bit older to go down this, you know, go down this spiritual path. So what if we start right away, right when they're, you know, when they're little and help them, to remember, I'd love to read my little Babylonian Talmud story. Bring it on. Okay, I, I love this story. So um, talking about validating children and asking, being curious um, when they're little. So it's called A Beautiful Teaching in the Babylonian Talmud. According to this medieval Jewish text, the angel Lila lives in the womb and watches over the embryo until it is time to be born. The angel teaches the unborn child 
everything there is to know about the mysteries of life and their soul. Layla also places a lighted candle at the head of the unborn infant so they can see from one end of the universe to the other. Then, when the time comes for the child to be born, the angel Layla puts her finger in front of her mouth as if to say, shh, and then presses the children's upper lip so all the memories have forgotten. According to the story, the light touch on the child's lip leaves a slight indentation above the lip called a philtrum, which is something we all have. I think perhaps the angel Lila did not press quite hard enough on some children's lips. And this is why some come into this current life with soul memories. How blessed we are to have these children share their wisdom with us. I just love that story. It, it makes so much sense. One of my friends said he walks around and looks at everybody's like philtrum, or I don't know if I'm even pronouncing it right. <laughs> it's really nice. It help, it's just one of those things to help us remember who we are yeah, and that me. we forgot when we, when we came here. Right, because we have to learn the lessons that we do. But what a, what a beautiful story just to, to tell a child. And to ask questions like, what do you, what do you remember? Do you remember anything before you were born? And that wisdom is really number one, to open up the door for them to become even more, you know, so they know that it's okay. And it's really true, but also for us to listen and, and just have that wisdom, that wisdom brought to us. And when, when it all I hate to say a said and done, but what's really important about this is, is just knowing that there's something bigger than us. Because when you know there's something bigger, something, someone, whatever it may be, whatever language you want to use, that when you're so sad, you're so down, or you're so joyful, or you're so scared. And think of a five-year-old that they know in their hearts that there's something bigger that they can go to and ask for help and for love and for safety. And how beautiful. I mean, I envision, I I interviewed um, a gentleman once who had worked a lot in Bali and at the schools that he worked with children, they, it's kind of like a maluka, but you usually hear that word in plant medicine retreats, but um, just a, a large area kind of tinted where the children would go and it was just called the quiet time. And it was one of the favorite places for them to be because it was always going in and being really, and being quiet and how, how important that is to bring into our Western civilization and men and a lot of people are trying it and it's, it's beautiful. And I think this younger generation, they are changing the world. You know, they are changing as PMH Atwater says, they're looking at us and saying, Nope, you guys didn't do it right. We're going to do it differently. And they really are. And our part of it is I believe what my mission is is that remembering that there is no death, you know, that we live on and go to a place so we go home. 
How often have you heard that? We go home. And it's so, so important. Well, I think of people, even myself, I have some pretty crazy dreams at night. And, you know, I wake up and it's like, oh, okay, (laughs) that was just a dream. Right, right. And then I think when we do make that transition home, we look at our life on earth as it was just a dream. Just a dream. And the reality of being home. And Marla, you talk about quieting your mind. I truly think that's the doorway to so much. You know, everybody wants signs from their loved ones. Everyone wants to feel the connection. Um, And I always talk about our cell phones. Like, we don't go a day without plugging Ah, them in, do we? Right. (laughs) I've got mine right next to me. I mean, it's got to be close. So do I. (laughs) And right before I go to bed, plug it in. Well, sitting in the silence, sitting in our own power, quieting the mind, to me, that is charging our our spiritual power. And then those in the afterlife come to us through our imagination. So, so regularly we brush off these feelings or these memories, or you think you sniff your mom's cologne or perfume. Oh, it's just my imagination. It's like, yes, (laughs) that's how they communicate. So I love that you include that within love magic because it's like talk to them they are alive talk about those memories I mean could anybody who's watching this or listening to this imagine that it's your time to transition okay so you go and there you are in the afterlife and it's all good great wonderful you're reunited with everybody but you can tap into that dream world and, and you can see your loved ones who are left behind and you're not really left behind, but they're still living on earth and, and you can watch them and you're there for the parties and celebrations and to help dry the tears and, you know, when they're quiet in their mind, but you're right there and you're, you're listening, but they never talk to you. They're never saying, I remember this. I remember that. And so in the afterlife, there is no time. So 30 years here on earth for us is a long time. For them, it's a blink of, the, blink of an eye and we'll be together again. So it's not like they're mourning us. Right. But what would it be like, you know, if you are sending the hummingbird or the memory of the waffles with the strawberries and the person gets it and says, Pop Pop, is that you? You know, I I think I've told you this story before, but as much as I believe in the afterlife, you know, 24-7, I don't remember, you know, because like you, we are human beings and we've got lessons to learn and things here. So we forget the bigger picture. But there was one night that I said to my dad, who's in spirit, I said, Pop, give me a confirmation that I'm on the right road. Just give me a sign, you know, give me a sign that you're here. And it was just before I fell asleep. And it was like a slideshow went through my mind of pictures of things my dad and I did together. And it happened so quickly that there's no way I could have made that up. And it just, it brings tears to my eyes, even just thinking of it because I got it. And then I got to say, dad, I got it. I got it. You're here, you know, but talk to them. I mean, can we talk a little bit about the holidays 
Thanksgiving, Christmas, birthdays, anniversaries. How would you suggest we keep our loved ones alive? Any thoughts on that? Well, Dean's birthday was just um, five days ago. Happy birthday, Dean. Yes, 24. And I, I ask, asking is so important. I ask that, you know, I, you know, we always want signs or just ask for something. I just want to feel you even more. And, and it was crazy. Uh, once again, a little bit of a long story, but we spent time in Ethiopia. Dean was in this theater program in Ethiopia with some other American kids. And they dressed him up like Bob Marley, and he's th- saying three little birds. And, and so that's everything, little thing, is going to be all right. And that has been a sign of his to us ever since, and monkeys, because he loved monkeys in Ethiopia. Now, this is really interesting because nobody knows, very few people know that we've spent this time in Ethiopia. My husband's brother's a doctor there. It's We're very we're very tuned in. I have five Ethiopian nephews and so on and so forth. So it's a very big part of our lives. But anyway, that day I was in yoga and I was laying in Shavasana and no, no, no. Yoga class had just started. First song that comes on, here comes the sun, very much a sign of what we played when after his passing. And the second song was three little birds. I have never in my million years of practicing yoga, I have heard that song in a yoga class. And then later that day, when we, I remember being in Ethiopia, Dean lived there for a little while. We went and worked with, he worked with my brother-in-law, but well, sort of, <laughs> he went to school there. And he was really into the movie, um, not Interstellar. And I remember he took us to Interstellar and he he had already watched it once. And I'm watching it thinking, this is the longest movie I've ever seen in my life. So on his birthday, I thought, you know, I'm going to watch that movie again because he just loved it so much. I don't know. Have you seen that movie? Not in a long time. I don't even remember. I didn't even remember. I probably just didn't even get it. It's all about love. That love is this universal power and how it transcends time, space, dimension. Somehow that was lost on me the first time I saw it. And so that was just these, like, you just can't make this stuff up, you know, that these messages are coming through. So the holidays, the holidays are hard. I mean, our family has never been one. Somebody asked me, like, are you going to make a birthday cake for Dean? We we don't really do do right. that. But if that works for a family, I think that's great. But something that I think this, this might be really helpful um, to when talking about that is I'm I'm studying shamanism now, you know, indigenous cultures and things that that people have done the um done for from many, many years. And of course, the afterlife is a very big part of they get up in the morning and many tribal um, tribes and talk about their dreams because they look at their dreams as being the real part, what you just said, and us living, you know, the the dream is here in this early. Right. 
But um, there's something called the, the red road, the good red road in shamanism. And it's going from a young child up to wisdom. And these little things I think would are so helpful always, but especially over the holidays. I just, this came to me in yoga today. And the first stone in the red road is about heart. So I feel that just bring your loved one into your heart and ask or write a letter, be quiet, pray, just be present with them and and have so much gratitude that you got to spend that like you and your dad, look how much he brought to you and your wife and just hold, of course, some tears might flow, but that gratitude that you had that, that you got something that so many people do not. So the first stone is heart. And then it's about, about voice, you know, sharing that with others. And that's, that's up to you, however you want to do that. But I look at it as like sharing it with the family, what I was talking about earlier, just, you know, let's just tell some stories or, or you just mentioned something and, and bring it so it's lighthearted. And so you can talk about them and it just kind of clears the air and makes it a little bit more. So be, be that person, either for yourself or for, you know, for your loved ones, and then create a sacred space. And when I'm, what I mean by that is that really look, you know, thinking about your loved one and your heart and your feelings and the importance of all that. When, when you have a sacred space, how do you show that something is sacred to you? It's where you spend your time, right? Mm, right. If it's really sacred, if you really honor it, the question, it begs the question, how much time do you spend doing that? And I think that's a huge message in the, this red road. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but take a little bit about, look, look at how you're living your life and how would your loved one want you to spend more time, quiet time, spend more time praying, spend more time finding your inner child, laughing and go do something silly that they, they used to do. And this doesn't have to be a lot of time, but just those little steps, I think that really help you feel, you know, feel better and feel connected and lighting a candle, ceremonial stuff, rituals. Once again, very small and it can just be you. We just had, so my husband's Jewish. We just celebrated Hanukkah last night and we're down at like the chakra shack and just bought these little crystals. One, my son just got a new job. One was about throat chakra and communion and just, um, not only helping you communicate throughout the world with yourself and self-love and believing in yourself, you know, so to create a little ritual or something like that with yourself and others. And when you do that, whether it's a prayer, holding hands at the Thanksgiving table and being grateful and everybody mentioning one little thing that they were grateful about Dino or about your dad and or at Christmas where 
once again, just sharing stories, just a little time or lighting a candle. You know, you'd have to make everybody feel weird, but just lighting a candle and said, this is for, for Dino because he's, he's absolutely here. And I think that's really helpful in looking in our heart and asking, what can I do to make that person even more proud? What is my, what is that heart mission that I have? That's really nice. Never thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think those things are also helpful because you bring it into our day, into our lives, and we're not going to be here that much longer. You know, no one is. I mean, and we're all going to be right there with them. And they want it more than anything for us to celebrate like they're celebrating. I've been to such great mediums as I know you have. You've had many on your show. And it's just mind blowing. So I think also for me, from a personal sense, I do have to live this because I can't, I can't live if I don't live this. This is what living is to me is not, not that every day I'm, you know, being this amazing spiritual person, we're all human, but a little something every day just to remind me and remind me that the love is always there, no matter no matter where we are. Something Dean said in a medium reading once is, I've learned the secret, the secret that no matter how your, I think he used the word body changes, your life just keeps on blossoming. He always says these great things during these readings. I always write them down and they're just so you know, so in my heart. So yeah, so those are, those are a few little things that I think might, might help people. That's so sweet. I got, just got this image of a rose <laughs> growing and right. as human beings, you know what happens, it's a nice little bud and then it blooms and then it dies, right? But on the other world or for our soul, it just keeps growing and blossoming into the most majestic thing that can never die. And everything that we're collecting in our life is just fertilizing that the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, and I think too, uh, that at one point we were little souls so excited about this chance to go to earth. Oh my gosh, (laughs) there's so much there. And, you know, I can just imagine the little push there (laughs) and that we've forgotten but there is so much joy to be had. And you mentioned stories and it just came to me that what would it be like on the holidays to tell your favorite stories? You know, I, I always give people this little strategy. If somebody's in a bad mood, get them to talk about what they love their, you know, what it was like when their kids were born or their favorite vacation spot or something like that. But that would totally transform any holiday. I think to just start telling the favorite stories of things you did and where you went and the times that you laughed so hard that you cried. (laughs) It's so true. I mean, when the last, um, when the day of Dean's passing is always a very difficult day, but I, we, we have this little thing that we do. We actually go jump in the ocean and get fully wet, which is a big thing for me. (laughs) like my head and everything but anyway (laughs) with the dogs which is always just fun too but then we go out to dinner and 
like I said earlier that night, I was like, so what do you miss most about, about Dean? And it, it's amazing how it just lightens the room. You pick, there's going to be one person in the store in the group that tells a story and you start laughing. I know we all felt so much lighter and so much better and so much full of love. You could, you could just palpate it. And it brought all of us even, well, listen, our, we're, we're very close, but it, it felt it was even more of a connection like, yeah, this is what we this is what we need to be doing. And so the storytelling is so and when you're ready, you know, when you're ready, mm-hmm. but storytelling is so important. Yeah, and it's fun. I'm looking forward to some laughs. Now, before we depart ways, yes, you have come a long way with interviews with innocence. <laughs> How many episodes do you have now? Roughly? I think I have around 110. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and do you have any favorite, um, I want to say guests, because they're all yeah. good, but just any, I know you talk about all kinds of things, but Afterlife is a part with some of them, right? Right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Afterlife really is, it's more about that than anything else, whether it's, I do a lot of near-death experiences. You know, a recent interview that I just can't get out of my mind was David Lorimar. Have you interviewed him? No. But you have to interview him. He's a Lutheran priest, or at least he used to be. And he um, had two or three very profound NDEs. And and um, he has, he survived cancer for, he, he has a bad form of cancer, but not bad. And now he works in palliative care and with children and adults who are transitioning from cancer. And he just talked about how when he was on the other side, that that he was told three things. Let's see if I can all that you're doing pretty well. Things are going pretty good. It's so funny to hear, isn't it? Things are going pretty good. Um, and isn't this terrible? Well, I can't remember the second thing, but the third thing, we are always with you. Maybe you have to go back, but we are always with you. And he just talked about how coming back was, was difficult. And he just bumbles along, just bumbles along trying to do the best he can. But we just talked about the nudges he gets. I love that word, just the nudges. And it was such a heart. Oh my gosh. So he was, um, that was probably one of my recent ones that, and, and he's not someone that you would know that, you know, you've probably listened to their inter- interviews. So that's why I, I would pick him too. And something really important, he said, that really touched me growing up Christian. I asked him how it had changed his life from being this, because a Lutheran priest, it's kind of, I guess, like Catholicism. I, don't, I just grew up in this little farm, you know, Christian church. We just we just sang and prayed, but, you know, he had the the whole dress and the liturgy, I think that's how you say it. And, you know, kind of the hardcore. Mm -hmm. And he said that Jesus was not any less, any less in his life, but his place and what he meant, not his place, but what he meant and what he taught 
was much different and that Jesus is love. And it's not important what religion you are. What's important is the spiritual path and the love you bring into your life. And so that was, uh, it, it was, and then, and then he told a little story about this boy in palliative care that ended up transitioning and working with him. So please go and listen to it. It, it was a great interview. And even more so, you need to call him. I'll send you his contact information. You do that. Tell us his name again. So our guest. I'm David Lorimar. L-O-R-I-M-A-R. Yes. So for our friends watching, if you go to Interviews with Innocence, you can check out that yeah. and I'll, I'll find him as well. Oh. What's, what's one of your favorite ones lately? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I don't even know what's coming to my mind though, is I just got to fly to Colorado and I was interviewed by George Norrie for his television oh, show. I love him. But the person who was interviewed before me uh, was Damian Brinkley, uh, who was hit by lightning two or three times and had, you know, these amazing near-death experiences. And your story of this gentleman just reminded me, he came back and he did palliative care and does for our veterans. And he's been by the side of over a thousand people as they pass. And how amazing it is that so many, if not all the people who have near-death experiences make their life about service in one way or the other. And so, although I can't pinpoint my favorite episode right now, just we don't need to have a near-death experience to live life a little differently. And I think every one of us knows when we do something nice for another person, how good we feel. Oh my gosh. And we don't do it to have those good feelings, but they just naturally follow. So I think the last thing I really want to say is if you can find a way to do something nice for someone or surprise them or, I don't know, clean somebody's room or their car, or I don't even know those random acts of kindness, just how much joy it'll bring for ourselves. And that's a really nice way to live life. So true. And just look in their eyes after, you know, when you do those beautiful things. And just to, on this end note about interviews, um, Peter Panagor has been on the show a few times and he's always delightful to listen to. And he always reminds us that the only thing he was asked when he was on the other side was how did you love? How did you treat others? That was the only question he was asked. So there you have it. (laughs) There you have it. Now, if everybody does a little life review before they go to bed tonight and not, not your whole life, but how, how did you love? And then how how can you love? Yeah. We can do better. Oh, just beautiful. Well, Marla, a big hug. From all of us to you. to you. Where are you, by the way? Are I'm you at my Boston? mom's house uh, nice. south of Boston, Massachusetts, in nice. Rhode Island. Nice. 
that's where I am. Well, thank you so much. And once again, it's such an honor to be on your show. And I am so excited about my book. So if any of you want to run out, let's hold it up again. Love magic. It's on Amazon. And please reach out to me, even if you don't buy my book, you know, reach out to me. And I just love to talk and meet with people and share stories and, and help in, in any way that I in any way that I can. Oh, and the best way to reach you is interviews with innocence. Um, well, yes, you can go on my website and then you can also email me at Marla Hughes. That's my maiden maiden name, by the way. So if you see H O D E S, I, I hate it when people do that, but anyway, I decided to use my maiden name for it. So Marla Hughes, one, one, six at gmail.com. So email me, or you can contact me through the website. What am I saying? That's the easiest thing. It says contact Marla. So perfect. Well, Marla, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you so much. And you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Oh, thanks so much. And for our listeners or our viewers, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. All past episodes, you can find at wedontdie.com. There's also bunches of other things there. We've got a great Facebook group with over 6,000 members. And it's nice to be able to share this with others. Also, we have all kinds of things happening online. So you don't have to leave the comfort of your home for much, (laughs) spirituality-wise. Every Sunday, we do a free Sunday gathering, and it's really beautiful. We say an opening and closing prayer, but there's a reading, there's an address, there's music videos. Each week, there's a theme. They're very lighthearted. I always make sure there's an element of fun in them. And then there's a medium demonstration in each and every one. So you never know if your loved one will go through. Uh, It's free to join and my friends and I really want to make a difference and be in service because it is very difficult to live in the human brain. It is, Mm -hmm. you know, we focus on the past and the future and very rarely in the present. So if we can just give you these little tidbits to help you remember the bigger picture. Yeah, that's what we want to do. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain, and it's always my pleasure to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. So your loved ones are alive, and you'll see it someday too, that we go on. We really do. So keep them alive. Keep talking to them. Share good stories. Thank them for the good they've done in your life and so much more. And when something comes into your imagination and you feel the love, trust it is them because that's how they work. Don't forget to plug yourself in like you do your cell phone, quiet the mind and connect with your soul. So I want to thank you for listening or for viewing and we'll see you soon.